This is Robert from Nostalgic Video and Cars, here to tell you about Bellador's Pizza and Pasta, where the food is fresh, the sauce homemade, and the price is fantastic. They offer Chicago-style stuffed crust pizza, New York-style pizza, calzones, strombolis, pasta entrees, beer wine, and great desserts. They even make the bread fresh daily. Hey, they offer catering, and any order over 10 bucks, free delivery. So give them a call at 727-581-5000. Place your order now. They're located at 131 Clearwater Largo Road, near downtown Largo. Or visit their website, belladorspizza.com. Hey listeners, this is Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars. I'd like to tell you about Naughty Nancy. No, this isn't a story about a bad girl. This is a truth about a great place to eat and hang out. Naughty Nancy's Food Shack, located at 700 Eldridge Street in the downtown Clearwater area, is a quaint little place nestled under some huge oak trees serving great food and drink and a wonderful, friendly atmosphere. That's Naughty Nancy's, 727-446-3717. They have 10 daily specials as well as many different styles of cooking from Cajun, New England, Country, Gourmet, and even Short Order, prepared just the way you want it. So check out this groovy little dew drop in right on the trail. So jog up to our front door, ride up on your bicycle, drive up in your car, or pull up on your motorcycle, and visit my friend Nancy and place your order. That's Naughty Nancy's, 727-446-3717. Hey, mention Nostalgic Radio and Cars and you might get a free drink. Hey listeners, this is Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars. We all love to eat. Well, I would like to tell you about my friends at the Rib Shack Barbecue on West Bay Drive in downtown Largo. Their menu offers family-sized takeout dinners like delicious ribs, chicken, beef, and pork, or sit-down barbecue dinners, sandwiches, and even desserts. They will also cater your party. Everything is barbecued fresh using real oak for that great smoky flavor. So visit my friends Corey, Jed, and Kirk at the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 600 West Bay Drive, or call them for a takeout order at 727-501-9090. That's 727-501-9090. They truly have the best smoking barbecue in town. Oh, and be sure and check out their great barbecue sauce. That's the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 727-501-9090. I'm telling Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars sent you. Saludos, amigo. It's not smart to go wandering so far from home. <laughs> I reckon he picked the wrong trail. Or he could have picked it on down. His big mistake, I think, was getting born. You want any work? Looking like that. You could try being a scarecrow. Oh, no. The crows are liable to scare him, maybe. Get three coffins ready. Uh, huh? Adios, amigo. Listen, stranger. Did you get the idea? We don't like to see bad boys like you in town. Go get your mule. You let him get away from you? <laughs> yeah, see, that's what I want to talk to you about. He's feeling real bad. Huh? My mule. You see, he got all riled up when you went and fired those shots at his feet. Hey, you making some kind of joke? Mm, no. 
You see, I understand you men were just playing around, but the muley just doesn't get it. Of course, if you were to all apologize. <laughs> I don't think it's nice you laughing. You see, my mule don't like people laughing. It's the crazy idea you're laughing at him. Now, if you apologize like I know you're going to, I might convince him that you really didn't mean it. I saw the whole thing. You killed all four of them. You'll be all right. You'll be strung up. Who are you? Don't fire a shot. I'm John Baxter. Sheriff. Yeah. Well, if you're the sheriff, you better get these men on the ground. My mistake, poor coffins. Hello out there. Peabody and Sherman here. Set the Wayback Machine. We enter the Wayback and we're immediately hurtled back through time and space. Hey, this is Ted Nugent celebrating the American dream on nostalgic radio and cars. Okay, listeners, welcome. You're tuned in to Nostalgic Radio and Cars, and I'm your show host, Robert. Run your computers in Google, Tantalk1340.com, and you can see us live here in the studio in downtown Clearwater, WTAN. And if you've missed any of our past shows, run to our website, GolfstreamMotorsports.com, and check out our podcast, Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Don't forget to like us on Facebook, Nostalgic Radio and Cars, and Golfstream Motorsports. You know what? If you go to our website, or my website, GulfstreamMotorsports.com, I have a little page there called uh, The Junkyard. And I have got tons and tons and tons of used automotive parts. So if you get a chance, check it out. I got stuff on, uh, very little on eBay, but most of my stuff is locally here because it's big. It's heavy. You know, so I have a lot of stuff on Craigslist. Craigslist Orlando, Craigslist Clearwater, Craigslist South Florida, Craigslist Sarasota, Craigslist all over the planet. But uh, anyway, yeah, part of my business, one of the things, and I don't really talk about it too much, I probably should, since this is a great forum for it, is I deal in classic and antique cars and parts. I do appraisals and PPIs, but, you know, having been in the job, junkyard business for so many years, I'm kind of like in the parts thing. Still, it's kind of hard to get away from that. But uh, anyway, so I got tons and tons of stuff. I got a couple of things I got here. I picked up here recently. I've got a uh, 455 Pontiac motor. I've got a 10-volt rear end for a 66 Chevelle. It happens to be a Posi. i got some 9-inch Fords. I've got a 460 motor. i got a couple Cleveland engines. i got some 289 parts. i got some 3-speeds. i got some consoles for a Mustang. i got consoles for Camaros. i got some hoods, doors, fenders, all kinds of goodies. So be sure and check out our website, GolfStreamMotorsports.com, and you can find all kinds of goodies on my junkyard page. I got a few cars on there too. I've got a couple project cars. I got a 63 Falcon. I got a 65 Comet. I got a 68 convertible Mustang that's really, really sad, but for the ambitious kind of guy, you could probably whip that thing together. I've got a 74 Z28 project car. Rough, rough, rough car, but it is a 74 Z28, an 80 Camaro parts car. 
I got three Honda motorcycles. They're all three 750 Honda Matics. They need to find homes. But here's the deal about project cars and bikes and boats. and Oh, yeah, boat. I got a boat. Got a 16-foot Taylor SS with a 140 Merc on it. Kind of an edgy old boat, but it's all there. And the good thing about it is it's kind of a classic boat because it looks a little bit like an old uh, Checkmate or something like that. Taylor was an interesting company. It was made in, um, the boat was made in, let's see where, Oklahoma. And uh, Taylor is well known for making jet boats, but they did make a few outboards. So this is a very, very early 16-foot outboard boat. Uh, let's see. Well, here's the deal. Getting back to projects. Um, you, you, I go to auctions. I go to car shows a lot, and I see a lot of stuff. And the scary part about it is, is when you're buying somebody else's shiny, shiny, shiny car, you really don't know what's underneath. So if you're in a situation where you've got uh, some time, some money, uh, some aptitude, and some automotive ability, it's probably not a bad idea if you to, to build the car yourself, you know, or the bike or the boat or whatever, because you know, there's a, you get a certain sense of pride when you when you rebuild something. Um, we've got a gentleman coming on the show a little bit later. He is a well-known car designer, a hot rodder. He's been on TV. He's been on uh, radio. Uh, he's just an all-around car guy. Um, he's very very heavy into the. Uh, uh, aftermarket car business, car parts business. Uh, he's been on our show before, so he's a an alumni to nostalgic in cars. So I'm looking forward to him, having him on a little bit later. But getting back to the cars and 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 stuff like that, when you when when you build a car, you know, I would say probably 75, 80 percent of the time you buy a car, you can probably live with it. You know, but there's 20, 25 percent of the time, maybe 30 percent of the time, you're always going to go in and you're going to change something. So if you've got the time and you and and you and you're patient, you can pretty much build what you want. And you have complete and total control over the build, over the parts that go in there, and then you know for certain, for sure, you know the quality and the level of the of the of the work that's being done, and the parts that are going into the car. And you can put your own spin on it. I mean, if you go to a lot of the local car shows, like for example, we go to Quaker Steak and Lube on a Thursday night every once in a while. There's Biff Burger on a Friday night, and uh, you know you'll see a lot of cars. And you know everybody's got their own taste. So you know it's like uh, you know sometimes they look a little kind of you know they're not uh, don't have the eyeballs or the eye appeal or the taste or the flavor that you might like. But you know whoever's owning it, the bottom line is is the cars or the motorcycle or the, or the boat or whatever. The project's got to put a smile on the owner's face. That's all that matters. So if you like a car with pink and purple polka dots and and things of that nature, then by all means do that. But uh, I always tell people I said build a car. Um, restoration, I, I almost despise that word because everybody says everything's restored. And most of the time, the cars are just reconditioned. And when you recondition the car, you're basically fixing it up. That's it. Plain and simple, fixing it up. That's what you're doing. You're not restoring it. Restoring is nuts and bolts, 100% disassemble, 100% reassemble. And you're putting it together. You're restoring it to the way it rolled off the showroom floor, off the assembly line. That's by definition. If you look it up, that's what restoration is. Anything else outside of that is rebuilding, customizing, fixing up, redoing, reconditioning, whatever you want to call it. So I have, over the years, ticked off a lot of people. I have, in many cases, refused to acknowledge a restored car when it wasn't a restored car. And, uh, but I'm, you know, I'm, I can't help but be honest about it, you know, because I think if you say it's restored and it's not, you're misleading and, uh, it's deception. It, it simply is deception. But, um, anyway, Hey, Chris, how you doing tonight? I'm good. How are you? You're on fire. Uh, I'm just kind of rambling on because, you know, it's, the problem is, is we have 40, 50 some odd minutes for me to speak a week's worth of jibber jabber so i gotta kind of talk fast and go 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 but but anyway you know what you can do you can go ahead and dial that number and get our our buddy on the line here i got a new uh, a friend of mine that's going to potentially be a new sponsor here on our show 
the 727 number there, Nikolai? Yeah. Let's get Nikki on the phone. Right. And uh, Nikki's a good friend of mine. Uh, I met him uh, about a year ago because I did some work for him. I did a, I did a diminished value. He had a car that was injured severely, <laughs> and uh, it was hurt. It was a late model car, and, and this is my point. As an example of your car, if you have a late model car and the car gets damaged, okay, the car's not worth what it was before the accident. So consequently, the insurance company of the other person who was involved in the accident obviously owes you the difference of what your car is now worth after the accident, post-accident, as opposed to what it was before the accident. So let's just say hypothetically, your car is worth $20,000 on a used car market before the accident. When your car is crashed, it is now a stigmatized car. It's got a what we call dirty paper. You know, it's got an unclean Carfax, if you want to use the term. And Show me the Carfax. So what happens is when you go to trade that car in, they're going to pull a Carfax or they're going to put a true car report or something like that, and it's going to say the car's damaged. Well, damaged car is not worth what an undamaged car is worth, plain and simple. Usually it averages out to about 25 30%, and that's exactly what happened in this case. So uh, I, I did this uh, work for this gentleman, and we have become friends, and it just so happens he's into guns. And uh, he, him and I kind of, you know, talked a little bit about uh, weapons and guns and NRA and good stuff like that. Well, guess what? He is just now in the process of opening up his brand new store, his facility, and it's called Pale Rider something or other. But anyway, without further ado, I'm going to welcome Nikolai to the radio show. Nick, are you there? Yes, I'm here. How are you doing, Robert? How are you doing? Nick, I I couldn't remember the complete name. It's Pale Rider. What is the name of your company now, the new one? PaleRiderCompany.inc. PaleRiderCompany.inc. Okay, so... Tell what us I'm a- doing actually at Pale Rider a Company. This Pale Rider be fine. I mean, it's, on the internet, it's thepalerider.com to see the internet store. Okay, so tell everybody what Pale Rider is all about. Pale Rider is about weapons and sporting goods. It's uh, we also going to be having classes on how to use a weapon, when to use a weapon. Uh, basically, I stress that more than anything else. Anybody wants to buy a weapon. Uh, as long as they're not a felon or have problems, uh, we do a thorough background check on them, and then we make sure they get the proper training. And also, how to use the weapon, because I've seen a lot of people as a range officer, I've seen a lot of people who can steal weapons, can't even load their weapons, and that scares the heck out of me. <laughs> oh, I can imagine. Yep. Okay, so basically, you're basically going to be selling guns, and you're going to be selling uh, ammunition. Sporting goods. Sporting ammunition, goods. Ammunition, guns, and sporting goods. Uh, everything that... People use people fishing and fishing equipment as well. We have fishing equipment uh, uh, on the internet, though. Okay, so I don't, our, have, I don't have a big enough store to stock it in the store, but basically it's uh, like Gander Mountain. Yeah, you probably have everything is like a couple hundred million dollars worth of inventory sitting in, uh, on the internet there. Okay, now because they're buying on the internet and because you're not brick and mortar, they can get uh, huge savings, correct? Yep. Yep, yep. We give savings. Uh, we're going to be giving out uh, uh, discounts. Uh, uh, actually, on your radio show, I'm going to send you some some things, and you can start giving them over the over the internet. Super and coupons. Call up and use the coupons, and actually get like 10 percent off, as much as maybe 15 percent off. That's great. So if they don't know anything about it, let's just say they're a total, they're a complete novice, and they want to learn a little bit about, let's say, guns, for example, and shooting. You can basically provide them with the school, provide them with the the, the right. guns, the ammunition, the whole the whole the whole enchilada, so to speak. We have the safety classes, and we'll be giving safety classes, and also for the concealed weapons permit, we'll take you through that. It's not a, a weekend or a couple day or one day class like to do at the gun shows. I will not do that. I want the person to at least know when and how to use a weapon and know his weapon well. In okay. other words, he's going to be shooting it a lot because I take him down to shoot straight or one of the ranges. 
and let him open up and really teach him how to use a weapon and how to fire it and not be afraid of it. So basically, you're going to do one-on-one with people then? Yep, yep. Very good. Very good. Okay. Well, I'm I'm glad, really glad that you're doing this because uh, I might be your first uh, your first uh, customer. <laughs> well, no, I should say the first customer, but I'm going to be definitely. I'm Bobby and I, my son, definitely going to come hook up with you. So because uh, okay. I want him to learn a little bit about it because he's never right. I've, I've been teaching my grandsons. I got uh, two of them over here. One is uh, twelve, and the other one's ten. I've been shooting since I was eight years old in Fort Bliss, Texas. I was grew up on an army base until I was twelve. Okay. I learned how to fire everything. The, everything we had on the base there. By the time I was 12, I, I could handle any weapon on the base. Including a bazooka? Well, I don't think my dad let me shoot a bazooka, <laughs> but I, I shot a 50 caliber machine gun. That was a lot of fun. <laughs> wow, that's some serious horsepower there at a 50 caliber? Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was 50. It was beautiful. It was on the half track. Okay. Well, super. Now, if everybody wants to find out again more about your company, it's called Pale Rider, and they just go palerider.com, correct? No. The Pale Rider.com. The Pale Rider. You'll see it. The Pale Rider.com. The Pale Rider. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, what we're going to do is we're going to put a link on our website and on our Facebook page to The Pale Rider.com. In fact, you know what I think is really cool about it? We played a little clip at the beginning of the movie, a little Clint Eastwood thing from uh, from A Fistful of Dollars. So, obviously, there's a little spin on Clint Eastwood there. You know, Clint Eastwood is a big, staunch conservative, a staunch NRA guy. So, uh you know that's that's good, and and, and I, I I like the association. By the way, did you see the recent the, his most recent movie? Oh, Clay's what? Yeah, yeah the, the American Sniper. Yeah, well, yeah, that was a great movie. That's good. I think they should get more positive publicity, and I think it's a good movie. Oh yeah, yeah, and that was great. It was great. Okay. Well, Nick, I want to thank right. I want to thank you for coming on the show. We'll definitely get some. We'll send some people your way, and uh, we'll be bringing you on a radio show from time to time, and we'll definitely be plugging thepalerider.com. All right. Thank you, Robert. Okay. Take care. All right. Bye-bye. See ya. Let's see. Oh, we got a little Ted Nugent uh, music here. Got a little Wango Tango. Yeah. Okay. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, you tune in too. And sports fan and rifleman, you tune in to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. We'll be right back. Don't go away. Don't touch that dial. We got a special guest coming on later. Hey, 
listeners, this is Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars. We all love to eat. Well, I would like to tell you about my friends at the Rib Shack Barbecue on West Bay Drive in downtown Largo. Their menu offers family-sized takeout dinners like delicious ribs, chicken, beef, and pork, or sit-down barbecue dinners, sandwiches, and even desserts. They will also cater your party. Everything is barbecued fresh using real oak for that great smoky flavor. So visit my friends, Corey, Jed, and Kurt, at the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 600 West Bay Drive, or call them for a takeout order at 727-501-9090. That's 727-501-9090. They truly have the best smoking barbecue in town. Oh, and be sure and check out their great barbecue sauce. That's the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 727-501-9090. I'm telling Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars sent you. This is Robert from Nostalgic Video and Cars, here to tell you about Bellador's Pizza and Pasta, where the food is fresh, the sauce homemade, and the price is fantastic. They offer Chicago-style stuffed crust pizza, New York-style pizza, calzones, strombolis, pasta entrees, beer wine, and great desserts. They even make their bread fresh daily. Hey, they offer catering, and any order over 10 bucks, free delivery. So give them a call at 727-581-5000. Place your order now. They're located at 131 Clearwater Lager Road, near downtown Largo. Or visit their website, belladorspizza.com. Okay, we're back, and you're tuned in to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Uh, we're going to bring our guests on a little bit, but in the meantime, I'm going to uh, bring up a couple things that are going to go on here. This past weekend, we had Festivals of Speed down in Miami, and a uh, pretty cool event. I have to admit, I haven't been to Miami in 20 years. I had no idea what to expect. I used to go down there back in the 70s and 80s for the uh, Miami Boat Show at the Miami Beach Convention Center. And, you know, Miami Beach was Miami Beach. You know, it was just kind of old and kind of wore out, you know, like a lot of beach communities. And in the last uh, decade, they have done some amazing stuff. Brand new skyscrapers. The business industry down there has just changed completely. I mean, they've got just an influx of Europeans, South Americans down there. So there's a lot of money. There's a lot of skyscrapers, a lot of business, a lot of, I guess you would say it's uh, kind of like a world class business climate down there a lot of investments um, a lot of real estate's big down there one of the things i got a chance to check out too was the um, on miami beach there's a uh, building going up down there on the north end of the beach and i think they call it sunny isles is that area up there so it's the north 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 miami beach and fountain blue is kind of like in the middle so we actually had a chance to stop by the fountain blue because i hadn't been there since the 60s and maybe 70s and maybe 80s it was kind of neat if you remember the movie goldfinger there was a scene in there where uh, James Bond and uh, Goldfinger were uh, had a little thing going on, and uh, that's where they turned the first girl uh, gold, and that was taking place at the, uh, you know, she was covered in gold paint. And uh, that's uh, kind of like the premise for why her sister wanted to get even with her, and she later got uh, whacked by uh, Mr. Oddjob with his flying little hat brim. But at any rate, so that was at the Fountain Blue Hotel, which was kind of cool, and that's kind of where the movie kind of, the early part of the movie takes place. It was kind of neat. But anyway, going jumping up to uh, to uh, North Miami Beach, uh, there's a, a huge developer up there, and it's called Deezer, Deezer uh, Group, DP, or DG, or something like that, and or Deezer Properties, I think is what it's called. But one of the things that they are building was a real is a real interesting building up there, and there's some amazing skyscrapers, when I say skyscrapers, um, 60, 70 uh, foot condominium complexes. So I guess if you want to call those a skyscraper, you can. They're kind of like t- condominium towers. But uh, about a month ago, I was kind of watching something on TV, and they were talking about this gentleman who's developing a building down there, and it's called the Porsche Design Building. 
So I wanted to check that out and just get a kind of a firsthand uh, look at that. And it is under construction. I would say I'm going to put a link to it on my um, Facebook page. And I would say that there's probably half the stories are there. I think it's going to be something like 60, 70 stories. I'm not sure. Uh, it may not be that high, but uh, it's going to be pretty tall. And um, But anyway, what's really neat is it's a total cylinder, cylindrical-type building. And in the middle, it's got an elevator. And the elevator goes up to each floor. And each floor does a special, specific parking garage for your prized Porsche. And I guess he's doing this in conjunction with Porsche because it's called the Porsche Design Building. And it's even in the same font that Porsche Design is in. And I thought that was real interesting. I mean, there are some condominiums out there that have special garages where you can put your car underneath. And, and uh, you know, they're on these little rotating things. So if you have multiple cars. But this one is specifically designed... Um, very European, very state-of-the-art. Uh, I believe it's a each floor is a condominium, and I'm not exactly sure what the square footage is. I think it's like it could be four or 5,000 square feet, something like that, which is fairly huge. I may be wrong, but, you know, but if you get a chance, check it out. The Porsche Design Building in Miami Beach is a condominium complex, and uh, it's going to be fairly tall. It's a state-of-the-art building. It's under construction right now, and uh, I was pretty impressed with what was there so far. I mean, you can get a good idea of what it looks like. And they've got a, draw- a long banner that kind of hangs down the side of the building, and it pretty much tells you, um, you know, it's the Porsche Design Building. So I guess it's scheduled to be finished probably within the next year or so. And uh, I can't wait to go down, and once that thing's completed, maybe, you know, we'll get a hold of uh, Mr. I think his name is Gil Dezer, D-E-Z-E-R of Dezer Properties, and uh, maybe we'll get a first-hand tour, and uh, you never know. We might be able to do a live feed from down there. We may get him on the radio show and have him talk about that because he's also involved with cars. He's a very serious Porsche collector, and they also have the – there's a, a museum down there that's dedicated to movie cars, and he's involved with that as well. So they've got a lot of the James Bond cars. they got uh, – I think they've got the Monkey's Car Mobile. I think they got the Batmobile. They've got uh, – from a number of the t- 60s, 50s, 60s TV series shows – um, but the biggest thing down there is the big James Bond collection, and that's kind of why we did a little spin on that earlier. But at any rate, uh, we're going to bring on somebody here in a few minutes, and I think what we're going to do... Oh, well, let me go back to uh, Festival of Speed real quick. Festival of Speed was kind of an interesting event. Um, we were down at the Museum Park. We hadn't been there in a couple of years, and it was downtown, and it's right there next to the causeway where the uh, that goes to Miami Beach. Okay, and like I said, I haven't been there in a long time, and I was just amazed at the high-rises. There was a brand-new... Uh, polytechnic building down there. There's a brand new science museum, science museum going in. There's a regular art museum going on where they're going to have you know various um, exhibits all year round. And then there is also the uh, the um, performing arts center that's down there, and supposedly the second largest one in the country. That was down there too as well. But the uh, muse- the museum park is kind of like a nice little promenade. It's kind of like a little peninsula that sticks out there, and it's right on the waterway, and it's right overlooking. Um, the port of Tampa where all the cruise ships are. But the, just to give you an idea, some of the cars, you know, typically when we have Festival of Speed, we get a number of Ferraris, Lamborghinis, Porsches, Aston Martins, and uh, we probably have maybe, you know, 20 or 30 of them. We had a total of 250, 260 cars down there, and I have never seen so many Lamborghinis, Aventadors, Gallardos, Huracans, Ferrari 458s on one location at one time. I mean, this looked like this was pretty serious cars. I mean, it's like one after the other, boom, 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 boom. In fact, the probably the one of the cars that that you rarely saw down there was hardly any Corvettes and hardly any Porsches. There was probably maybe five or six Corvettes and maybe five or six Porsches. Everything else was, um, again, Lamborghinis, Ferraris, Maseratis. 
Uh, we had a number of vintage cars. Uh, Mike Flynn came down there with Hollywood Wheels. He brought uh, a Boss 429, a Superbird. He brought a uh, L88 Corvette. He brought a vintage Porsche, a vintage Volkswagen. We had a TVR. We had an MG. We had uh, a number of Camaros. We had one Mustang. That was about it. We had some Volkswagen buses. We had a uh, transporter van down there. We had... Um, 79, 77 Trans Am was down there. We had a, a kind of a cool ride. We had a 60, 75 Caprice Classic convertible that was kind of set up like a little bouncy thing. And uh, so it was it was pretty cool. I mean, we had some good variety of cars. But the car that, the two cars that really caught my attention was uh, there was a real live 1936 Cord 810 supercharged car. Okay, the, the coffin nose front-wheel drive Cord. If you saw the car going down the road today, you'd probably think it was a street rod. But it was state-of-the-art technology back in the day. It was V a V8 engine. Um, a combination of aluminum and, and, and cast iron. It was built by the Auburn Cord Duesenberg Company in Auburn, Indiana back in the day. It was one of the last, their last great attempt to building a really, really fascinating state-of-the-art car, and they did a, an amazing job of it. If you look at the front of the car, it kind of comes out like long, and it's got pontoon fenders and their highway headlights, so that was state-of-the-art. It was front-wheel drive, which was another state-of-the-art uh, advancement back in those days. But the front of the car kind of looks like a coffin, so hence they call it the coffin nose car or the coffin nose core. Beautiful car. They made it in a Phaeton, which is a convertible. They made it in a four-door or a two-door uh, club coupe. I mean, it was just a really interesting car, very, very sought after, and they are slowly, slowly uh, gaining in popularity, and their values are reflecting that as well. And also probably one of the re- most unique cars and something you rarely ever see is uh, of Toyota 2000 GT. Now, most people reckon, remember the movie with James Bond. It was You Only Live Twice. There was a Toyota 2000 GT in there. There was a convertible. There was a Roadster, and it started out as a coupe. But what happened is Sean Connery, six foot two, couldn't quite fit in the car, so they made a cabriolet out of it, or, the, or a Roadster, basically, and that's what they used in the movie. Well, they built the cars in Europe, and that's when they were they tried to import them into the United States. So they made a very, very limited number of left-hand drive cars. The majority of the cars stayed in Japan. But what I didn't know, I knew they made them 67, 68. But what I didn't know is they made them through 70. So we had a gentleman there that actually had a 1970 left-hand drive uh, Toyota 2000 GT. Subtle differences between the two cars, but an amazing car. Well, he won Best of Show, and rightfully so, because the car was so rare, so unique. That, uh, and there's only a handful of those cars that were made. I think it was less than 50. And that car was built specifically for a customer in South America, and that's why the car had left-hand drive. And, that, and he was able to secure that because his grandfather had one of the first Toyota dealerships in South America, and hence that car came in. It was special ordered, and they knew who the owner was, and years later they were, la- they were able to procure the car, and uh, it worked out real good. Chris, do we have our guest on the line? Indeed, we do. Okay, let's go ahead and let's uh, fire up the the turntable for a second. Then we'll play that one little feature, and then we'll bring our guests on the line.
knocking around for years. Thought I'd give the Nationals a shot. For once. Yeah, go for it. Treat, you know. Thought I'd see how I did with the big boys. I don't care so much about the Muns. This isn't a beat down. Yeah, I know. I just want a fair shot at winning. Thanks for letting me drive your car. You can't break it any worse than I can. See, the secret of street racing is a mystery to most people. But I gotta figure it out. It's pretty dangerous. Do you want to hear the secret or not? Sure. When it breaks, you build it again. It blows up with a four-barrel car, go do quads. Tap blows up injected. Fix it fast. How far? Until it's an automatic. It's just boring. Hey now and have mercy, this is Billy F. Gibbons from ZZ Top, and you're listening to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Okay, we're back, and you're tuned in to Nostalgic Radio and Cars, and yes, we play a little Sammy Hagar, because tomorrow at Ruth Eckert Hall, Sammy Hagar and Michael Anthony will be in town at Ruth Eckert Hall, so be sure and check out the RuthEckertHall.com to get a chance, there's still some tickets available. And I think it's time to introduce our special guest, who just so happens to be good friends with Michael Anthony and Sammy Hagar. This gentleman's been on our show before. He's a friend of mine. He is probably one of the coolest custom car builders out of California. Makes a number of really cool aftermarket parts. He's been on Rod and Custom Radio. He's a hot rod designer. He's been on a number of TV shows, Car Warriors. And now he's got his own gig called Shift and Steer Media. I'm delighted to welcome to the show my good buddy, Brad Fanshawe. Brad, are you there? I'm here, Robert. How's it going, man? Pretty good. We're rocking and rolling down here, you know, waiting for Sammy and Michael to show up. I heard that. You know, you, you got the track going. The guys are uh, enjoying the Florida beaches, I understand. You know, they, uh, they flew down to Puerto Rico before they were... Uh, on their way to Florida, so they've been, you know, enjoying a little bit of the weather. Okay, so, well, I mean, it's a little more humid out here. You know, Sam is used to Cabo Wabo down there, you know, dry southern Mexico, and now we're here in balmy southern Florida. He was in Orlando yesterday, and I guess they're going to be here tomorrow night, right? Yeah, that's uh, that schedule takes them right up through Florida, and, uh, and I know that Sammy's been spending some time at his place up in the Bay Area of San Francisco, so I'm sure a little... Uh, Warm humidity doesn't bother him one bit. It's better than the cold <laughs> humidity. That's true. So tell us about your latest gig now. What? Tell us all about Shift and Steer. Well, uh, you know, I, I uh, as you said, I was doing a, another radio show, which was on terrestrial radio, mm-hmm. for about three years after, uh, well, it was actually during our, the time I was doing Car Warriors on Speed, and uh, then later I was one of the producers on Car Chasers, which is uh, on CNBC. And, and I... I saw where everything was going, and I really wanted to do something more, something that was instantaneous, and and um, and I love doing terrestrial radio. I mean, it's like what you do. It's fun. You get on there and do it, but um, what was uh, really in, in my uh, kind of uh, area I wanted to do was a little more video and stuff. So we started this podcast called Shift and Steer, and uh, I reached out, and instead of just myself, I put together a great team, and it includes... Aaron Hagar, who, yes, is Sammy's son, and uh, a lot of people don't know it, but Aaron is not only an accomplished musician himself with a band called Fight Club, but uh, he's a rat rod builder. And uh, so he comes to everything with a rat rod voice, you know, with that whole theme. And and then I uh, threw out to my good buddy, uh, Matt DeAndrea, who, if you listen to podcasts and you like Adam Carolla, he does Adam Carolla's car cast. And uh, I said, hey, man, you want to do another one? And uh, he was right there. And, and what's great about Matt is he's a numbers guy. He's always got the newest 
you know, uh, press car, and you never know what he's going to pull up in. And uh, and then the final uh, link in the chain was Pete Chaporis, my good buddy from SoCal Speed Shop. And uh, he comes with the, uh, you know, the years of knowledge and traditional hot rodding. So between us, we cover everything from a rat rod to the latest exotic and everything in between. Wow. Okay, now if people want to find out more about it, where do they go? They can go to shiftandsteer.com, which will take them right to our Facebook page. And uh, they can like us there. Our, our website will launch next month, and, um, and they can also subscribe free on iTunes and Stitcher and just put in Shift and Steer, and, man, they'll get it downloaded to their mobile device every single week. Okay, now tell us a little bit how this works. If, take us through the process a little bit, because I'm, I'm familiar with a radio podcast, because I podcast my show after every live event. But uh, how does it work with like what you're doing? Because you're doing video as well. Is it like, like a YouTube type thing? We, we have a YouTube channel. We put up uh, video bonuses on our iTunes channel. And uh, that's what's so cool about it. There's multiple ways for people to access it. So they can find it a lot of different places. But I'll give you an example. We were out at uh, the Long Beach Grand Prix. We went out there to cover the event, see some of our friends that were racing in the uh, pro celebrity race, like Antron Brown from NHRA Top Fuel Racing, Rutledge Wood, and, and guys like that. So we go out, we do an interview, but we got a camera rolling. So, you know, like Rut, he's such a character, and he was telling us all about his new show on history. And then, then we start getting carried away, but we all get it on uh, video. So we produced a little uh, video bonus that we threw up on iTunes, and uh, the show will come out, you know, tomorrow which is wednesday when our show comes out but we do a little you know some photos on our facebook page and uh, then we throw up some teaser videos so it really gives them a a lot of ways to experience the show interesting interesting so now is 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 pete and aaron and matt are you are you like who's the regulars on their all time do they all do all four you guys show up at each event or do you kind of split it up a little bit you know what we try to but uh because Aaron is based out of Tahoe, and because we all have our respective businesses and like that, you know, whenever we can, we do it. But uh, to give you an example, Shift and Steer was just over the weekend. Uh, we were invited to the Ferrari Challenge up in um, uh, Sonoma Valley. And uh, I, it was rough business, but somebody had to go up there and drive Ferraris and go for rides with their professional drivers at 150 miles an hour around the track. So we volunteered. You but poor guys. You had to get yourself tortured that bad driving Ferraris, huh? You know what? I mean, the first question is, they gave us the keys to Ferraris. Now, can you believe that? That's the crazy part. <laughs> and uh, uh, But then they scared the pants off us with their professional driver going around Sonoma at, at uh, buck and a half in that challenge car. But uh, it was phenomenal. But Pete couldn't make it, unfortunately. So it was Aaron, Matt, and uh, myself at that event. But that's what's great, because when you have a team like this, we can all kind of fill in, and uh, with three guys, we never usually less than three guys, but like at Barrett-Jackson and Scottsdale this year, it was the full team, and what we really like doing is shows. Um, we do a lot of live events. Mothers, Polishes, and Waxes brought us in for Barrett-Jackson, and uh, we did a show right from their rig, 
Uh, we did two shows. And what's cool is that between the four of us, we have a really good Rolodex of friends and things like that. And uh, today, I should say, a really good iPhone full of contacts, right? Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and um, so we were able to drag our buddy uh, Tim Allen over for an interview to talk about really? some of his love for cars. Then we had, uh, we had Michael Anthony, of course, drug him over, put him on a mic. And uh, we've had on the show, um, you know, to date, so many car people, but also like Guy Fieri, the chef. Uh, we've had Billy Gibbons. So it's a really cool show. But then on the other hand, we've had Ari Leindyke. We just had um, the president of Ferrari North America and the top driving coach for Ferrari. So it's a really widespread show. I mean, you know, we're talking everything from rat rods and motorcycles all the way through exotics. Well, now, you know, I think that's a great idea. You know why? Because here's what happens. And no disrespect to the other guys that have radio shows and TV shows and stuff like that, and myself included. But when you mix it up a little bit and you cover, you do a variety thing, like you said, one way you're at Barrett, then you're over at a race, then you're, you know, you might be in a junkyard, you might be in somebody's shop, you might be polishing somebody's car. You give everybody kind of like a full scope of the whole automotive deal, you know, and that's kind of neat because it's not boring now. It's a variety. Yeah, and we and that's what we try to do. Thanks for noticing because, you know, it's like we had uh, Jimmy Shine, uh, and uh, Jimmy was selling his rat rod pickup truck. I know he hates it when I call it a rat rod because he thinks it's between a hot rod and a rat rod, but he was selling that Jimmy Shine truck at uh, Bear Jackson this year. And instead of just having Jimmy on to talk, we drug him on to talk about, okay, dude, what is it like to sell this truck that pretty much put you on the map? And so we also brought uh, Gary Bennett from Barrett Jackson. We had this great conversation from both sides. Jimmy talking about what it's like to be a seller, and Gary talking about what it's like to be the consigner. And, uh, and that's kind of stuff we like to mix it up. And, and uh, it's opened up a whole new world. We got invited um, by the guys at uh, uh, one of the big tire companies, and uh, they were filming on the Sixth Street Bridge in uh, Los Angeles, and I don't know what they spent on this promo, but they had two helicopters, five drones, an army of cameramen, and you know what they were doing? They were race drag racing exotic cars and filming it for this tire promo. But, I mean, I don't know about you, but there's not a lot of places where I've seen a Lamborghini Aventador racing a Rolls-Royce race and a... Uh, and like a uh, twin turbo Audi, you know, versus a, um, you know, a, uh, uh, a Mercedes AMG McLaren. You know, plus you never get to see those cars. I mean, literally doing burnouts and doing donuts on the bridge. It was, it was a once in a lifetime deal. Wow. And you guys got a chance to kind of mix in that? Yeah. Yeah. They invited us out and uh, we hung out there all day watching these cars. Um, Doing the full-on, you know, when I say, usually, you know how it is, you see these, um, these cars, Robert, and they're, they're usually just in some gorgeous commercial, kind of weaving through the turns. And even at speed, they're just kind of going at it. Or you see them on the street, and they're just kind of cruising down the street. What was so cool was to see these things with the traction control turned off. And let me tell you, that McLaren Mercedes did one heck of a burnout. And... Uh, and uh, to see that, and then to see a uh, um, the uh, the new Lexus LFA doing donuts, 
it was just incredible. So they basically took some really high-dollar supercars and abused them. Yes, yes. Okay. <laughs> Which is everybody's dream, right? Yeah, absolutely, man. Sign me up for that. Wow. Yeah. And it was one of those things where we were standing out there. We kind of, I was with Matt from my show, Matt D'Andrea, and I looked at him and I said, only in L.A. You know, it was one of those where you could honestly say only in L.A. Now, just give us a uh, put in perspective. Okay, so they're racing on the bridge, Sixth Street Bridge. I'm not quite sure where that is and how big is that bridge. Um, this is a iconic bridge that you've seen in so many chase scenes in the films and in big movies. It's got the big arches. It looks like it was built in the 30s, and it uh, it spans the L.A. River going to downtown L.A. Okay, and uh, it's just this you know, kind of Spanish architecture, and it's probably about a mile to it, maybe a half mile long. And um, and so it's it's like about a half mile long, spanning over. So when you do these shots, you see the L.A. skyline in the background. And uh, on my Shift and Steer Facebook page, uh, if people go there, they can actually see some of the photos. We have a photo gallery from that day. And it's just amazing. They even had a, uh, a Celine tesla there and uh and that car was amazingly fast a celine tesla yes what's that and uh it, it's it, is it a joint effort between tesla. celine and, and tesla uh, i believe that it's a celine project okay uh, i don't think tesla's really digging it a whole lot but uh but yeah celine has super tuned a uh a tesla and they're playing with it to see if it's something they can do an electric and, uh, tesla Yes. Really? Okay. Yeah, it was it was pretty cool. And uh, there, there was a little bit of everything there. There was a supercharged Mustang, 2015 Mustang. Um, so it was it was probably about 25 of the coolest cars you could ever want in one place. Wow, that sounds like uh, now is that is that going to be filmed? Is it was it a it's a promo a promotional thing, right? Is it something that people can, can be able to visit? You can search. Yeah, you can actually search for it online. Uh, battleofthestreets.com Okay, I'll have to check that out. And just remember, Shift and Steer sent you over there. Shift and Steer. we got to say Shift and Steer every five every five minutes here. <laughs> well, we're a podcast, so we got to. You know, we got to reinforce that. But, okay. But no, um, you know, and that's the kind of stuff we're trying to, we're trying to dig out the, uh, the, the, the fun, cool stuff that we know car guys of all types will like. Because at the end of the day, you know, we're, we're literally standing up there, uh, as I said, last weekend at this Ferrari event. And uh, you would not believe the amount of conversations that Aaron got into with these guys that are standing there with their half-million-dollar Ferrari. And they're just going, oh, rat rods, I love those things. They're so cool. And that's what's neat. At the end of the day, car guys are car guys. That's you know? true. And uh, we had a great conversation with a guy who had just gotten his $1.5 million LaFerrari. First time he was driving it around the track. But he was just a car guy at the end of the day. he was. We were talking to him about muscle cars, and, you know, rat rods and everything. And that's what was cool about it. So what are you working on? What kind of project? Now, you had, if I remember correctly, um, you had either an El Camino or Chevelle. That was your first car that you still have, correct? I've got my first car that I've ever had. It was a 67 Chevelle SS396. Okay. Still have that one. Good. I have... And I've still got my second car, which was a 71 El Camino. Okay, that's it. I knew there, had, there was a Chevelle and an El Camino in there somewhere. Good. And now both those cars are done, right? 
Well, the uh, the Chevelle, I'm in the middle of uh, just bringing it over from my other building in Arizona to get started on and uh, do a total redo on it. Okay. And uh, the El Camino is completely done. It's state of the art pro touring with bare brakes and Hotchkiss suspension, and um, and then the uh, and then I've got a '69 uh, Camaro that I'm uh, having in my shop right now. It's pretty much in bare metal. Now, one of the other things that you do for people, too, so our listeners know, is you actually, uh, someone can contract you and hire you to design and have a car built for them, correct? Well, you know what? I I don't do that as much anymore. Okay. I mean, I, I will. I definitely will. And uh, But, um, the uh, you know, the, the TV and radio has been keeping me pretty busy and my own cars. But uh, I, I have done... I just uh, finished a 66 Chevelle for a gentleman, and, and uh, you know, we, we love doing that. If somebody's got, you know, that I'm not a full-time, meaning that it's not a shop you can walk into, um, but from time to time we do them for the car companies and individuals, and we do really top-of-the-line stuff. And, um, you know, my, my, my main gig, of course, as you know, is Bond Speed Wheels. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got our factory here in California, and we... We manufacture our forged billet aluminum wheels, and uh, you know that's that's kind of the day job that keeps me busy all the time. Okay, now you were designed, if I remember correctly, you designed some watches, and you did a number of different things, right? Yeah, um, my my company's pretty diverse. We uh, we do television programming, uh, media as as in the podcast. Um, we've got a television show right now that we're negotiating for that we created, but then we also do design for other companies. And, uh, and then we, uh, I have my watch company. Uh, it's a, it's a very high end watch mechanical watches that we manufacture in Switzerland. Uh, they're called Bonneville watches and mainly marketed in, uh, Asia and Europe and the Middle East. And, uh, and then I have my wheel company, as I said, you know, so we keep a lot of balls in the air. Some days it feels like chainsaws, but most days it's, you know, it's just, uh, juggling, Juggling some balls, and hopefully they don't come down and hit you in the nose. <laughs> now, let's talk about shift and steer a little bit. Shift and steer, okay, you got the podcast, and you mentioned that you've got the TV deal. So how difficult is it to get a, uh, some, something like shift and steer? If you wanted to turn that into a TV show, how difficult would that be today? With, uh, I mean, it seems to me we, we could sure use a whole bunch more shows, don't you think? Yeah, I mean, that's that's where we're where we're trying to go. It's one of the ways of what we call proving a concept. Okay. So we basically, we, we do this, we do the video, we go out, we do these adventures, and then um, once we get a great following, so when the Twitter numbers and the Instagram numbers and the Facebook followers are all up there proving that there's an audience, because we've already had this conversation, they're ready to turn it on and say, yeah, let's make it into a TV show. And, um, you know, that's, that's really what we're hoping for because we'd love to see Shift and Steer be a uh, a super progressive version of Top Gear. Okay. Well, if you stop and think about it, look at uh, this, the TV show, uh, was it Street Racers, the guys out of Oklahoma? That basically started off, uh, you know, somebody happened to watch YouTube. A number of shows actually evolved out of YouTube. So Shift yeah. and Steer is, is on the same uh, same track. That's, that's what we're hoping for. So, uh, you know, uh, if everybody goes and and likes our Facebook page and our Instagram, uh, that way we'll be that much closer. Because as the executives, I'm always working on TV shows and meeting with executives and 
they really, you know, at the end of the day, they got to worry about their job, too. Okay. They could have the greatest car show concept in the world, but they've got to be so confident because most of them aren't car guys. Mm-hmm. So we've got to show them numbers, and uh, that's what it comes down to. I gotcha. I gotcha. Who's some of your big sponsors? we got about a minute, minute and a half yet. Okay. Well, uh, Shift and Steer is right now promoted by uh, Mother's Polishes and Waxes and uh, Replay XD Cameras and Kicker Audio. Okay. Those guys have been great since we launched at SEMA last year. Um, some of the places we're going to be going in the future is, uh, you know, you guys are on the East Coast. We're going to be at Syracuse, New York in July. Uh, the promoters of the Syracuse Car Show are bringing the whole team back, all four of us. We're going to be doing shows uh, Friday and Saturday, recording them and doing a ton of video. So if any of your East Coast listeners are rolling up the coast of New York and going to be there, come by and say hi. Okay, how about Florida? going to make it to Florida anytime soon? You know what? We want to go everywhere, Robert. So okay. uh, if anybody has a big show and they want to they want to get a hold of us, they can they can get a hold of us at shift and steer at gmail and uh, talk to us about booking a show. I we uh, we're constantly doing that. We uh, we just had Shelby America get a hold of us about a show coming up. And, you know, we're always we might even go on power tour this year if the deal comes together. It's uh, you know it's it, it's great because we. Uh, you know, we're just all car guys at the end of the day, and it's just it's just a thinly veiled excuse to go to all these great car events and call it a job. <laughs> okay, I got it. Well, I'll tell you what. We got a festival. We got an event called Festivals of Speed. We do it four times a year. That we just had one this past weekend in Miami. Our next one is going to be in the fall in uh, at the Ritz Carlton in Orlando, and I will make a point to try to get you to show up to that. In the meantime, that'd be awesome. Brad, I'm looking forward to seeing you again. I'll definitely see you in Monterey. I'll definitely see you at, at uh, SEMA. I want to thank my special guest, Brad Fanshaw, Bond Speed, and his new TV show, or actually his new podcast, Shift and Steer Media. Check out shiftandsteer.com. Brad, thank you very much for coming on the show this evening. Everybody stay safe. Drive carefully. Love your family. Wait a minute. Let me do that another day. Be sure to check out our website, golfstreetmotorsports.com. Don't forget, we're here every Wednesday, no, Tuesday, 7 p.m. for the most legendary, fascinating names in motorsports. See you at some of the car shows. Now I can say this. Be sure to stay safe, drive carefully, and love your family. Hey, everybody. Next month, May 12th, our five-year anniversary show, 300 shows. Be sure to tune in and tell all your friends. Telling tales out of school, but there's a feller in there who'll pay you $10 if you sing into his can. Downtown Dave. I'm not here to make a record, you dumb cracker. It broadcast me out on the radio. WTAN, Clearwater, Tampa Bay. WDCF, Dade City, Tampa Bay. WZHR, Zephyr Hills, Tampa Bay. Listen.